You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the imitation of Christ. Now looking at the royal way. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. The Imitation of Christ, Podcast 4. The simplicity of the book's language and the direct appeal to the religious sensitivity of the individual in an uncomplicated way are perhaps the primary reasons why this little book has been so widely received and so deeply influential. That's from Britannica, commenting on the impact and appeal of the imitation of Christ for six centuries now. And I think they are absolutely right. In our last devotion, we looked at taking up the cross, and we heard Kempis's challenge to us not to follow Christ for what we can get. We're not in it for what we can get, but what we can give. These thoughts are continued in the very next chapter, and we're moving from book 2, chapter 11, to book 2, chapter 12, uh, which is called the, uh, the Royal Way of the Cross. And so many scriptures are alluded to or cited in this passage. Um, I'll, I'll read one of the primary ones right now. Uh, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. But you'll find multiple allusions and quotes from Matthew, Psalms, Romans, uh, John, uh, Luke, Job, Acts, and they're all of the notes that come with the podcast. Let us begin. This seems a hard saying to many. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. But do not fear, for the cross leads to heaven. And the cross is health. And the cross is life. And the cross is protection from enemies. And the cross is heavenly delight. And the cross is strength of mind. And the cross is joy of the spirit. And the cross is the height of good deeds. And the cross is holy living. There's no health of the soul, nor hope of eternal life, except in the cross. So we must take up our cross and follow Jesus. Only then will we enter into eternal life. He went before us bearing his cross and died for us on the cross so that we would bear our crosses. So if we die to ourselves for him, we will also live with him. And if we participate in his sufferings, we will also participate in his glory. Everything depends on the cross, and everything is conditioned on dying. There's no other way to life, truth, and inward peace except in that way of the cross and of holy uh, daily self-sacrifice. Then, no matter what we seek or desire, we will find it. We will find no higher way above nor safer way below than the way of the holy cross. So whether we suffer willingly or unwillingly, we take up the cross. Sometimes we will feel forsaken by God. Sometimes we will be annoyed with our neighbor, or more often, 
be frustrated and impatient with ourselves. Still, we cannot be delivered nor eased by any remedy or comfort. We must bear the cross for as long as God determines. He will allow us to suffer troubles without comfort, so we must submit ourselves fully to it. For by trials and troubles we will be made more humble. People do not understand in their own hearts the suffering of Christ so well as the ones who are suffering themselves. The cross, therefore, is always ready and waiting for us. We cannot flee from it. If we turn above, below, outward, or inward, we will still find the cross. We must yield patiently to it if we are to have internal peace and gain the everlasting crown. If we willingly bear the cross, it will bear us. If we bear it unwillingly, we will greatly increase the weight and make it a burden for ourselves. We must bear it. And if we refuse one cross, there's no doubt we will encounter another cross far heavier. Don't think we can escape what no mortal has been able to avoid. Which of the saints in the world has lived without the cross and troubles and trial? Not even Jesus Christ, our Lord, lived one hour of his life without the anguish of his cross. And Jesus said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah must suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. The whole life of Christ was a cross and martyrdom. So why do we chase after relaxation and joyous living? If we desire to avoid suffering, we're wrong. For this whole mortal life is full of miseries and circled with crosses. And the higher people advance in the spirit, the heavier the crosses they will often find. The sorrow of feeling Christ's banishment increases with the strength of his love. But people who are afflicted like this are not without refreshment or comfort. Because as they bear Christ's cross, they feel themselves becoming more Christ-like. For while they willingly submitted themselves to it, Every burden of troubles and trial is turned into an assurance of divine comfort. The more their bodies are tested with pain, the more their spirit is strengthened mightily by inward grace. Often they are so greatly comforted that they begin to desire troubles and adversity. Because of the love they feel in suffering the cross as Christ did, they would not choose to be free from sorrow and troubles. This is not the natural reaction of humans. This is the grace of Christ. It has such power and energy in the weak flesh that a, what a, a human would naturally hate and flee actually draws them to the cross through the power of the Spirit. It is not in our nature to bear the cross, to love the cross, to bring our bodies into subjection, to flee from honors, to bear criticism meekly, to discipline ourselves, to bear all adversities and losses, and to desire no prosperity in this world. If we look inside ourselves, we will find none of this. But if we trust the Lord, endurance will be given to us from heaven, and the world and our bodily desires will obey our commands. If we are armed with faith, we will not even fear our adversary, the devil. We must suffer many trials and troubles to enter into the kingdom of God. And again, that was chapter 12 of book 2 of the Imitation of Christ. The last sentence I read, uh, we must suffer many trials and troubles to enter in the kingdom of God, is, of course, from the book of Acts. It's Acts 14, 22. And Paul is speaking to Christians. Yes, non-Christians enter the kingdom, 
But the kingdom is past, present, and future. And there are many passages in the Bible that show that the kingdom is future. If we want to fully uh, receive the kingdom, fully enter that heavenly kingdom, the way forward is through suffering and trials. Well, there's so many passages in my copy I have underlined and highlighted. Uh, some of the things that hit me, there's no health of the soul, there's no hope of eternal life except in the cross. You know, we, we, we think we want the benefit of eternal life, and okay, we'll do what we have to do. But it's also about being spiritually healthy. Uh, we need to talk about that more, because the cross is at the very center of that. He, he says everything is conditioned on dying. There's no other way to life and truth and inward peace except uh, daily self-sacrifice. I feel that that was emphasized more to me when I was a young Christian. Uh, this was some time ago. But I think there was more of an emphasis on the cross of, of 30 or 40 years ago. Um, he's a realist, Kempis. He says sometimes we'll feel forsaken by God. And we do. We, we have those dark times or we'll be annoyed by our neighbor. But then he says, and I think this hit me hard, we'll be more likely to be frustrated and impatient with ourselves. You know, we, we can be a bit difficult with others, but it's our own frustration with ourselves. Um, let me read this again. The whole life of, cross, of Christ was a cross in martyrdom, so why do we chase after relaxation and joyous living? Wow. And then he refers to those who followed Christ historically, the saints, the martyrs. The more their bodies are tested with pain, the more their spirit is strengthened mightily by inward grace. And what hit me on reading this, I guess I was reading the fifth time, um, as he says, it's not in our nature to bear the cross. He says, it's not in our nature to, to desire no prosperity in this world. Well, it's not in my nature. It's not like it's my goal to be poor. Um, so Akempis has identified so many things that tempt us. So some questions for application. And I had three. Do I love pleasure, relaxation, and comfort? I guess how easily we get up in the morning tells us something about that. Uh, do we, you know, procrastinate? Uh, do we take the easy way? So that's the first question. Do I love comfort and relaxation and pleasure? Second, am I a disciplined person? Do I aim to achieve the minimum, or is my life maximized for Christian impact? To really have an impact, we've got to be focused, not distracted by the world. We have people to talk to, people to share our faith with, Christians to mentor, family members to persevere with. Am I a disciplined person? Long ago, I, I saw that so many people who quit the faith, they lack discipline. Or maybe they were taught under false pretenses that in Christ, because of the Spirit, everything would be easy. But boy, that's just not the case at all. In this chapter, Akempis quotes frequently from the Gospels and also from Romans 8. And so if you're looking for more, I would read Romans 8. Oh, the third question. In my personal pain, do I discern God's grace? So the suffering we go through is bittersweet. Of course, it's bitter, but it's sweet because we have God's grace there. And these are um, encouraging words, even as they are challenging words. So, brothers, sisters, anyone listening to this podcast, let's push ourselves today. Let's go farther than we might. Let's not recoil from the cross, but let's embrace it. Uh, 
Thank you, Lord, so much for giving this meditation from a campus uh, for me, for all who are listening. We have uh, such an innate selfishness. We want to offer that to you. Please help us to die. Help us to die to self and live for righteousness today through Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on the imitation of Christ. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.